0: This morning, we'll return to settling the mind in its natural state and very deliberately kind of go out of our way to make sure that we include the focus on the space of the mind and not just its contents. And again, the really the, the only perfect, the only reason for emphasizing this is just to ensure that throughout the course of the session, we, we always have something to attend to. That is, when there are no thoughts, we don't just kind of blank out and think, I have to wait until I have to wait. Before I can start meditating again, until I get more material coming up. Now, someone asked me yesterday, uh, as a follow-up. It was uh, when I was taking Rachel, Rachel as an example, and the visual appearance of the body, and asked where the visual appearances—the color, the shape, the colors and shape—where uh, they emerge from. And I, I think it was Massimo that said, "comes from the substrate." And I said, "Yes, you're right." But a person came up to me afterwards, I believe it was, and said, but doesn't it emerge from the psyche? And in a way, I'd like to elaborate just for a couple of minutes, and we'll go right to the meditation. If we, if we say, well, right now as I'm attending, this time I'm going to go to Haggai, Haggai's form. As I attend to it, am I with what am I attending to it? Well, the psyche. And I'm using this word psyche just as equivalent to, to the Buddhist term coarse mind. And that includes not only what goes on in in the you know, mentally, that is in terms of thoughts and emotions, but also visually. So psychologists study visual perception. They don't just study what's going on in terms of thought and memory and so forth. And so all of the five physical senses, the mental awareness, all of this we include in, in psyche. And so as I'm attending to Haggai's his form, then we can say those visual impressions, the shapes and colors, they arrive uh, arise in the visual domain, or datu. So go back to the 18 datus, the visual datu. If uh, if Haggai says, hello, Alan, and I hear his voice, that sound arises in the auditory datu, or domain, and so forth. So f- the five senses. Uh, and then if I think of, and I'm, I am right now, I'm imagining Haggai, and so mental impressions coming up, uh, and memories of what he looks like, the so tone of his voice, where he's from, his interests, and so forth. And now this is arising in dharmadhatu. Dharma and this word dharma, of course, simply means phenomena, but such a wide range. Because anything that we, can, that we can see with the five physical senses, we can, in a way, replicate purely in the mental domain. So it's really all-encompassing. What you can experience in the waking, what you can experience in the waking state, you can experience in the dream state which is enti- entirely taking place in the dharma dhatu right and so from one from one perspective we can say these visual impressions and so forth arise from the visual domain but then we can say and this is what i was really getting at yesterday when i spoke of rachel's form racial form and that is well, where are they arising from where is this visual domain arising from this domain of experience it's stemming from dharma dhatu dharma dhatu the five physical sense fields and the five physical senses are all emerging from mental consciousness. In the formation of the fetus, you start out with mental consciousness, and then out of that, as the brain forms, the various sensory faculties form, the eyes and ears form, and so forth, then out of this continuum of mental consciousness, Yikinam in Tibetan, then the five physical senses emerge, and then together with them, of course, emerge the five physical domains, which are just as the five physical perceptions are emerging from mental consciousness, so do the five physical domains emerge from dharma dharmadhatu. That occurs in the formation of the fetus, and the inverse occurs in the dying process. Your senses implode. Where do they go to? They withdraw back into mental consciousness. And the domains implode back into dharmadhatu, the domain of phenomena, the space of the mind. But then we can ask, well, where does the space of the mind emerge from? because just as there's so many themes in modern science of emergences one thing emerging out of another emergent properties very central theme uh, throughout really many branches of science and likewise in buddhism where does the dhamma emerge from where does the dhamma emerge from Masumo? where does the dhamma emerge from too fast too yeah th- th- this is this is right but closer proximity where where does the dhamma just the domain of mental events where does that emerge from thank you yeah. Substrates on a subtle level. Dhamma that you can access right now. Gotcha. I just visualized Andreas. Andreas is where? In the space of my mind, Dharma Okay, so that that was easy. I achieved it. But I just got Dhamma Relative Dharma right? But now that Dhamma is configured by my human mind. My mental awareness of the image of Andreas configured by my human mind. Psyche. So it's taking place there. So the Datu is emerging from the substrate. Dhamatu of course, relative Dhamadatu, is emerging from the substrate, and my mental consciousness, my coarse mental consciousness, is emerging from bang my substrate consciousness, exactly right. My mental consciousness is emerging from substrate consciousness. Dhamadatu emerges from substrate and my mental consciousness emerges from substrate consciousness. Now when you fathom. When you probe, when you start practicing Vipassana and you fathom, oh, it's so interesting, you fathom the actual mode of existence of this substrate, you see that it's nothing other than a, a, real, a, a crystallized emergence of Dharmadhatu, ultimate Dharmadhatu. When you fathom the nature of your mind, when you fathom the nature of your mind, you, probe, you see its empty nature. And then you see that from which it springs. Then you see, you go from citta, subtle citta, which is a substrate consciousness, and then you realize citta-ta, and citta-ta, the ultimate nature of mind, which is your Buddha nature. So when you realize dharma, or the dhamma-dhatu relative, and you realize its ultimate nature, it's dhamma which is. Tamadhatu, which is emptiness. So, that's that. That's a little introduction. Final point, and really short, is we're all bringing baggage to this retreat. Unless you're a Buddha or an Arhat, we're all bringing baggage. Some of that baggage comes from identifying with our bodies. It's a heavy body. It's a skinny body. It's a body with a pot belly. Oh, I've got a pot belly. I've got to lose weight. I've got to cut down on dinner. I've got, I am a pot belly person. You know, tired. got tire. Oh, I, 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 I. Oh, I'm, I'm chubby. I've got, I can take, boy, two hands. What a belly, you know. I'm chubby. I'm chubby. Other people, oh, I'm too skinny. I'm too skinny. I wish I had a bit more. Some people, you know. So sometimes we identify with a body, and that's the baggage. Sometimes we identify with certain qualities of the mind. Oh, I have too much desire. I have too much restless mind. I am dull. I am too angry. All we're doing there is identifying with a whole bunch of stuff that's not I. The body isn't the I. Anger isn't I. Dullness isn't I. Restlessness isn't I. Craving is not I. So I really would invite you to stop. You know? Since it's not true anyway, why don't you just stop hammering yourself with imaginary hammers, which hurt. I mean, you could hammer yourself in a dream. You could imagine going into a hammer shop. Imagine this dream. Go into a hammer shop. They only sell hammers. And walk into the dream and just take one hammer after another and just beat yourself on the head with it. It will hurt. You can really get a headache in a dream by beating yourself multiple times on a hammer, with a hammer. Big hammers, sledgehammers, little hammers, mallets, wooden hammers, titanium hammers. Might even throw in an ice pick once in a while. You know, and it will hurt. It will be a very unpleasant dream, you know? And what I would suggest is don't do that. <laughs> and if you've made a habit of it, stop. <laughs> Hola so <laughs> in a comfortable position. With a sense of relief, let your awareness descend into the body and settle your body in its natural state. With a sense of release, allow your breathing to flow unimpededly and effortlessly. And soothe and calm the mind by way of mindfulness of breathing. Now for a little while, take as the object of mindfulness, the tactile events, the sensations of earth, water, fire, and air arising within the space of the body, attend to them closely moment by moment, observing their nature without distraction, without grasping. colors and shapes that arise within your visual domain are not your colors or shapes. They're simply colors and shapes arising in the visual domain. And likewise for the sounds you hear. They're simply sounds arising in the auditory domain. To the best of your ability, view these tactile events for what they are tactile events arising in the tactile domain. Release, insofar as you're able, the conceptual superimposition of mind Now shift your attention to the background. Can you attend to, can you ascertain the tactile field, the domain, the space from which these tactile events emerge, in which they are present, and into which, moment by moment, they dissolve. and let your eyes be at least partially open, your gaze vacant. And direct your attention, the full force of your mindfulness, first of all, to the foreground, to the distinct thoughts and images and other events that arise within the space of the mind. Observe them moment by moment without altering them in any way. Sustain your mindfulness without distraction, without grasping. You'll know you're in the flow of this practice when you have a sense of being still. Your awareness like space. Even as the mind, the activities of the mind come and go. Now shift to the background, the space of the mind, from which thoughts emerge, in which they are present, and into which they dissolve. This space being most obvious, most evident in between thoughts, but it is always present. simply let your awareness within this domain be open and non-preferential. Simply sustain the flow of mindfulness on the space of the mind and its contents. And whatever arises within this domain from moment to moment, simply attend to it. Sustaining your mindfulness, monitoring your attention with introspection. And let's continue practicing now in silence. as you're maintaining mindfulness between sessions, just as you may be mindful of of the tactile sensations as your feet strike the ground, mindful of the sounds, the visual impressions that arise, today you may also make a special point of being aware of the spaces, aware of visual space, aware of auditory space, aware of the space of your body, somatic space, as well as the space of the mind. And the more you attend to that space, bearing in mind my favorite English mantra for the moment, what we attend to is reality, the more you attend to the space, you ascertain the space, then the more space itself will arise within your field of reality, that it too, space, banange, ge banan the space in terms of visual space, the space in between where you sense you are and where the visual impressions are arising. The more you attend to the space, the more real it will become. The more real it will become, the more intangible will be all the contents. Because those appearances are all arising out of those spaces. How tangible can they be? And the space itself is immaterial. The space, the visual space, the mental space, immaterial, non-physical. So if all of our impressions are arising out of visual space, mental space, and so forth, all our impressions have to be immaterial and non-physical. They have no physical attributes whatsoever. So it's really quite odd when a person says in the same breath, I'm a materialist, I'm an empiricist. And yet everything they know about their matter is only by way of imagination. And everything else is appearances, and appearances are neither physical nor material. It's quite odd, isn't it? So let's be true empiricists. Enjoy your day.